Welcome to That Mom Life. I'm Sarah Jordan, and I am very happy right now to have my friend, my coworker. It's Bella Ray from B96.5 right here in Louisville, our number one hip hop station. You are number one, by the way. Congratulations. And <laughs> Bella and I have been coworkers now. How long have you been there? I've been there for four years now. How did that happen? <laughs> Girl, it like, it, it happens. Like, I feel like I woke up and I was like, boom, here it is, four years. Like, okay, okay, we're here. You and I share something in common in the fact that we started as interns. Yes. And then, and then we were like, okay, now I want to be a part-timer and now I'm not leaving. <laughs> yeah. Like you, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm staying. So y'all either gonna have to put me out or whatever it is. So <laughs> exactly. And that's what I always tell people when they come in for internship interviews. I'm like, you got to look at me, look at Bella Ray. You, we figured out a way to make sure people remembered who we were. And right. we stayed there working hard enough um, until we could get a full-time job. So Abella and I it are worked. also behind the scenes doing promotions and marketing. And um, we've been, unfortunately, with our company had some furloughs. So it's just me and Bella on a team right now. And yeah. I'm sure there's multiple times a day or if not a, at least a week that you and I text each other like, we got this. We can do it. We can do we it can together. Do it. We, we can do it. Our mantras like, we got this. We can do this. We're women and we're badasses. We can do this. Exactly. <laughs> There's Those many mantras. quotes <laughs> yes. that go back and forth about who run the world. Girls. But, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But that's part of the reason. I mean, given the light of everything going on across the country, um, you're one of those people that I called up and I was like, I have to hear your story because I respect you and I trust you. And I look up to you and your work ethic so much. And I'm like, it breaks me to think that you're not treated fairly, um, that your sons aren't looked at the same way someone else's sons may be looked at. And mm -hmm. I needed to bring you on as soon as possible because I want to listen. I need to hear your story. I can't relate. I don't know. And I'm not going to sit here and try to pretend that I do because that is ridiculous. Um, so I want to start with, are you from Louisville? Did, were you born and raised here? Yes, I'm born and raised 502. Born and raised, honey. Where'd you graduate from? Um, I graduated, well, high school, graduated from Seneca High School, college. I graduated from L. So uh, born and bred, JCPS, mm -hmm. all that jazz. Mm -hmm. I mean, growing up, did you ever experience anything like what's going on right now? Did you feel racism growing up? Um, yeah. And you don't really know that's what it is until you get grown, until you get a little bit older and you're like, wow, I, that happened to me. Or it's not, you keep calling it racism too, but it's more of the, do you know about the whole, like the toxic Karen and all of that good stuff? Do you know about the one that, the girl that was in the park? Or, yes, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. So where she was called, she called the police and she was just like, this happened to me. And it's like, I didn't do anything to you. Or it's more of a, you racially profiled me before you gave me a chance to even open my mouth. So yes, I can say I've, I've been through it a number of times, you know, like, especially while being grown and it is just, it's just a feeling where it's like, okay, I, I got to fight my battles. I don't even, I can't even fight that battle with you right now, but watch me yeah. be better after all of this, that type of deal. Like, especially going to L. and you know, like everybody, especially some teachers, I can say some <gasps> professors, of course, 
they'll profile you before it's like my first day how dare you like my real name isn't anything crazy or even if my name was something crazy you still don't get to profile me you don't did did what what was the assumption that they were making the assumption is okay because going through college i had a kid I had I had both my boys and it was just basically one of those things like, oh, you're not going to make it in this class. Uh, I'm not. Watch me. Watch me. Well, you got you've got two kids and, you know, you just you just not going to make it. And sometimes it's not racial, but racial. But then it'll come to a point of, okay, so are you what are you what are you trying to say to me? Because you wouldn't say that to anybody else in the class or and it, it comes to a point where we can't be almost too timid i want to say i don't i I feel like i'm saying the right word but i can't be too timid to it i still got to stay strong in all of it and just watch me get this degree and why you at graduation i'm gonna stomp on your face through while i'm walking up to get my degree because how dare you tell me that i'm not gonna make it but you didn't tell everybody else in this class that they're not gonna make it like it was plenty of times even with going through uofl i was the only black kid in the in the class. So in the whole girl, class? In the whole class. Yes. So when did you have your first son? Um, so I had him <laughs> when my senior year I got pregnant. Um, so the story it is crazy, I promise you, because I had already had plans. Like I was like, I'm going to WKU. I got my life planned together. And telling you, maybe May, I found out that I was two and a half months pregnant. I was like, okay, what am I do? What am I going to do? How do I tell my parents? Because if anything, my parents had always tried to keep it to where they they didn't want me to feel the racism, I guess. So they moved us from out Newburgh to PRP. So they moved us out the way where, no, she's not going to have to feel anything out here. Like, built, got a house built, all that good stuff. So I could say, like, my parents were middle-class parents. I can always say that you just middle-class lifestyle, basically, throughout right. my whole life. I can remember all that. But just having my first one at 18, literally my senior year of high school, graduated high school, I was pregnant, so a lot of people, once we went back to our 10-year reunion, they were like, how did you have a kid? Like, how do you have a kid that old? And I'm like, y'all, I was just able to, <laughs> I guess I was just able to keep it under wraps. So they didn't know people. when you graduated high school, your friends didn't, well, I'm sure your, maybe your close friends did, but like the whole My school didn't know. No, and think that I was class treasurer as well. So I was a class officer, pregnant, No, nobody knew. Me and my best friend, like we knew. Like, I don't even think I told my parents until after I had already graduated. Just so I had to also to them make it look like, you know, oh, I just found out. I kind of knew, but (laughs) I just didn't know. Like, how do you tell your parents? Like, oh, I'm pregnant. Didn't you tell me that you figured it out when your prom dress didn't fit? Yeah, my dang old prom dress didn't fit. And what makes it crazy is like literally like a couple weeks prior, a couple weeks prior, that dress fit like a glove. Come the day of senior prom, it did not fit at all. Like my mom kept asking me, like, you know, you need to go to the doctor. I'm like, girl, I'm okay. Whatever. Like, I, you just need to go to the doctor. And back then, they used to have a place. It was like, oh, what street is that? I want to say it's First and Jefferson, where you can go. It's kind of confidential. And 
they didn't tell anybody else that you were pregnant, like unless you wanted them to know. And I went and that's where I got the first pregnancy test from because I tried to use the urine sticks. They did not. They didn't work on me. And so she happened to tell me why my urine sticks weren't working because they kept telling me no. And I was like, okay, (laughs) I made it. I made it through the storm. I'm not pregnant. But then I was just like, let me. I haven't still gotten my period. Let me still go and just let me check on myself. And my mom, she just just kept asking me, well, you need to go to the doctor. And then just one day I was just, she was just like, you know what? I'm going to make the appointment for you. Don't even worry about it. I was like, you don't have to make no appointment for me. She was like, your, your nose is spreading. Your hips are getting wider. What? Girl, I don't even know what none of that means. But no, it's not. She was like, okay, well, I'm gonna make the appointment for you. And then like, literally, as she went to go get her phone, I was like, okay, I am pregnant. And when I tell you could hear a pin drop, you could hear the pin drop. She was like, well, you're gonna have to tell your daddy. Oh, and if anybody knows me, I am like the biggest daddy's girl. Now, I can remember... I like I'm such a bad daddy's girl. Like I feel like I want to cry just remembering how just disappointed he was. Cause of course I wasn't going to college on a scholarship. So he had saved up all this money to send me to college. And he did not talk to me for like two or three weeks after oh. I told him that I was pregnant. Like we all lived in the same house. And he did he didn't talk to me. Like he didn't want to say a word to me i can't even remember when he decided to start talking back to me so that just that whole transition was just crazy just on its own and having to go through this whole pregnancy and not having his dad and you're still being stereotyped from there and now you're big and you're pregnant so what do you do girl i didn't have an option but to still go to school i didn't like i had to beat the odds so you went to U of L as a freshman and you were pregnant. So how it happened is I actually went to JCC first, JCTC now, as they call it, JCTC. Yeah. Um, I decided to go ahead and just retake some courses over again. So I want to say it took me forever to graduate college. Let me start there. Okay. It took me forever. So my freshman year, I started off at JCTC. So I did their ultra program where I did the first two years there did but my two years took forever okay i want to say that was almost like a three-year four-year thing because i also i got pregnant again while i was going to jctc so after that after those like three to four years that's when i went to L for my last two for my junior my senior year so so what did you do well you're you're pregnant with one. You have one. What is the age difference between your sons? They are nine and 11 now. So two years, almost two so years. Did you stay at home with your parents or did you go out on your own with them? My first one, I was able to stay at home with my dad. And my second one, I decided to move out. So I was just like, you know, I can do this. So I moved out. And ever since I moved out, I've been on my own. So I've been on my own since I was, what, 20? So I've... Now, did you end up with the father of your second son? We were together for... We were together for about a year. 
year okay. and a half. And, you know, of course, like you split ways. It's like, you know what? You're 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 better at being a dad than what you are being a boyfriend. And that's OK. So that's OK. I am going to take my step and I want you to see you his best dad that you are. And I can say that he's been the most amazing dad to both of them, even though he's not both of their dads. He had he took that step. He took that leap and was just like, I can take care of the first one, too. And he's oh been there ever since. And uh, oh, that's I just got good chills. That's so he he still is in their life. He's their father. He is with them. Yeah, I mean, like, there's always- no difference. And, you know, like one year I'm probably going to if my oldest ever comes to me, I was like, mom, I want to change my last name. Like, OK, cool. We'll do it. Like, I'll, I would figure it out. But yeah, so he's he takes care of both of them. And even on my weeks, we we've co-parented since we've been apart, which is a good thing. So we've always did the whole one week off, one week on, even when he was a, even when my youngest was a baby. We did that. You, you know, I working with you the last four years, I've never heard you. I've never heard drama in that department of like co-parenting. No, because co-parent is just it's easier with him. If anything you've heard me yell about, it's just more of a, I tell people all the time, like, kids need consistency. Oh, yeah. They need consistency. And if, like, my first child's father, if you're not going to be consistent, you know, it's okay. Well, I, I always tell people, I'll take that step back. I'll be the bigger person because I've always had to be the bigger person. We're good. You know, I'm I'm really good at saying that. Like, oh, I'm okay. I'm good. Watch. <laughs> You'll eat your words. Like I've always been that type of person. So as things got things have gotten better. I haven't had to cuss anybody out in the last couple months. So we're good. Life's good. That's, that's that's good. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I do think it takes a lot of courage to admit that you're a better father than we are together. So we are gonna be yeah. better for our children not together. Yeah, and you know what? And it has worked out perfectly. And I, I went and trained my week on, week off for anything in the world. And just even when he was, when Marius was a baby, I, of course, you get the whole thing of like, but I'm the mama. He needs to be with me, yada, yada, yada. But it's like, you know what? I have to let you see your dad. I, I, want, I still want you to grow up with your daddy. And, you know, of course, you can see the difference now because, like I said, my oldest is getting older and he's always known no matter what, like he's always known that, okay, this is not my dad. And now he's starting now that his real dad is coming around. And now we're having more of the conversations of, well, I want to go live with my dad. Oh, I want to go stay there. And so girl, that's a whole nother topic that I could get on. Cause that topic right there is like, I can't let my baby go, but being a boy, I have to let, Women, as women, we can't raise a man. We can nurture them, but I can't I can't raise you. You need to know what it's like to be a man. You need to know what it's like to be a black man in America. I I can't teach you that. I know what it's like to be a black woman in America. I can't teach you what it's like. So, girl, that's a whole nother topic. Well, <laughs> you're right. I mean, when I asked you to do this, I immediately asked you um, what it was like raising your boys right now. And I think you bring up something because you even told me on the phone that it's different for African-American men and boys versus being an African-American woman, even. 
It, it the, definitely is. It what, definitely what, is. What is the difference in like that you see that is um, reflected back onto you and them? What's reflected onto them is I have to tell you, like, so when I had him, I didn't think that, oh, my gosh, like I'm got to raise a black son. I, I never thought that when I was having my kids, I feel like things have gotten progressively worse now and how things are going with just even police brutality to African-Americans or even driving with African-Americans. And in this, what I was telling you on the phone is, is I never thought the day of, I had to move them out of wherever we were and say, you know what? I have to make sure that my kids are able to be outside on their own. I need to make sure that my kids are wherever we live at we need to be okay. So when you say that you wanted a place where your kids could play outside safely and that you didn't have to worry about it, what do you mean by that? What was the concern prior? My, the craziest concern is I just wanted my sons to be able to grow up and go outside and just have a good time on their own without just... I just don't, I never want my babies to ever be racially profiled. And I was going to the store with my son and he had his hood on. And I was like, baby, you can't put your hood on. You can't keep your hood on in the store. He was like, why mama? I was like, baby, you cannot keep your hood on in the store. You can't. And you know, keep your hands out of your pocket too. Mama, why do I have to do all of that? And I, I can't explain, he was 10 then. And it's like, I can't explain to my 10 year old because baby, I want to make sure that you make it home to me every single night. Cause there's going to be somebody else out there that's afraid of you. That they're already intimidated by you. They don't know how to take you. I don't know how to, how do you, how do you tell your 10 year old that? Like you, you just can't, and I, I refuse to right now, but the way that things are going, I'm going to have to have a conversation with them now because it's like with everything that's going on with the Breonna Taylor case, you can come so do in they my not, house. Do they not know what's going on? They know, like they have a gist of what's going on. And that's kind of because I've tried, I, they don't have social media at all. So that kind of helps. Now they have TikTok, but nothing too crazy is on TikTok. They have YouTube. And I know that those are the videos that they're not looking at on YouTube just yet. So I've had just the whole, baby, you can't keep your hood on and just keep your hands out of your pocket. I'm going to have to teach them that baby, you're going to be racially, racially profiled because you have locks. You don't have right. You don't have a regular haircut, baby. You have locks. So the part, the first time that somebody sees you, they're going to judge you. And they do that. And he's my baby is nine, but you're judging him. And you thinking you you people think that he's like this totally different kid until he opens up his mouth. But you profiled my baby before you even said a word to him. He's a child. He's a child that's highly intelligent and he can out he can outword anybody. Like the, the kid is a genius. And I was like, I don't know how you came from me. Listen, but <laughs> like 
I don't know yeah. if anyone's told you this, Bella, but you are very smart. Baby, <laughs> <laughs> he can outsmart me. And so you and you ever had like I he, he outsmarts me and I'm like, hold on. Let me look that word up because you got me messed up. So like, just things like that. You just I don't you never want your baby to be racially profiled. You never think of how do you name your child? I can tell you. Matter of fact, that is the first time I thought to myself. I am bringing somebody into this world. I bring somebody into this world. I don't want anybody to look at them any differently. So even naming them. I was like, what kind of name do I give them? I want to give them something that's strong. I'm going to give them something where I maybe, maybe not an interviewer can't tell if he's a black guy. He's a black man walking into that interview. So how do I name my child? So I can say that that is the first time I could think that I'm bringing a black African-American little boy into this world. Cause you gotta, you would make, you gotta make sure like their name can be on resumes. You gotta make sure that everything is okay when they decide they want to go to college. I never want my babies to feel any other type of way. I don't want anybody to ever feel as if, oh no, that's just the black kid. No, you never want that for your baby. So, so girl, be- before they were ever even born, you had to consider. I mean, that's not something most people have to think about. They're they're naming their kid whatever they want. They're not thinking, I'm naming them this so that when they're a grown man, they're not profiled before they're even met face to face. Mm-hmm. Literally. Like, literally having that. I remember having that conversation even just with my mom or just even with my friends. Like, we got to be able to name our baby something to where... They, I don't want, I just do not want them to walk into an interview and be like, oh, well, I knew that was a black guy or not even get the phone call back. I want you to be able to look at my baby's resume. You see their names, you see everything that they've accomplished and they get the phone call. I never, I never, ever want my babies to have to go through any of that. I don't. So that's just, that's just the first part of it. That's the beginning if when you name me a child and if you name them something, something like out of pocket, you name them something out of pocket, you name them something different. They're already profiled before they walk in. And I can say that because I have friends that this has happened to where her name is something totally different from her middle name, which her middle name is Marie. And she uses her middle name because she used to put her first name on resumes. She used to put her first name on resumes. She would never get a phone call back, even though she had all these degrees She's got all these certificates. Her resume is to die for. She would never get a phone call back. So I'm telling you, the day she uploaded her same resume to the same company and put Marie, she got the phone call back for an interview. So it's real. Those are real things that are going on in our community that people, people don't know. People don't think of when it's time for us to go get alone in the bank they look at us they look at us differently it doesn't matter what your credit score is they're gonna look at us differently like oh well can she pay this back excuse me you haven't even gave me the loan yet to see like have you looked at all of my recent transactions have you did this just to see if you can if you could give it to me or it (sighs) i could go on for days just (sighs) 
being a black woman in America is just the most. I'm trying to think of that quote where it was like the black woman in America is the most intimidated person, the most. Oh, I'm going to find that quote. I, I promise you I am. And then don't be an educated black woman. And then now one thing that I always say, I don't want to always spread all my sassiness around, especially if I'm in the workplace. Like, no, I'm not going to spread all my sassiness around. I can't give too much sass at one time, but I have to sprinkle it because I don't want to be known as the black, the angry black girl. And we got to think about stuff like that because there are people that, that think like, oh, no, she's just the angry black girl. She just always has an attitude. And no, that's not what it is. Sometimes what you're seeing is wrong. And I'm going to tell you, you're wrong. That's not me giving you sass. It's just me telling you that you're wrong. But that goes back to the whole um, Amy Cooper, where she was in the park with the with the unleashed dog. And the black man told her, just, just asked her, can you put your dog on a leash? He didn't say nothing wrong. He was just telling you the rules like, you know, you you know, you're wrong for not having the dog on a leash. And she took it to something totally different. And that has happened where it's like, well, this, this, this. And I'm like, no, I'm just telling you that that's just not right. Like, that's okay. Like, just accept it. So. Do you feel like there were things when you were growing up that your parents had to teach you to protect you that were really trying to protect you from racially pro- being racially profiled or like you just said ways to act so that d- someone didn't put that stereotype on you do you feel like you were like without even knowing it being raised that that's what they were having to teach you just to protect you without being told they were teaching me how to talk if that makes any sense so i couldn't in my household i couldn't use slang words like I had to use proper, proper language, proper terms. And I catch myself doing that with my boys. Like in the house, you're not going to talk to me in slang. Even when we're texting, you need to text me real words. But I feel like they were teaching me that so I can know I can go out here and I can talk. I can talk to white people and they understand exactly what I'm saying, how I'm trying to interpret it. That's how I, I truly believe that's one thing. As I got grown, I was like, wow, I get it. Why well, I couldn't use slang words. I couldn't listen to certain things in my household because this is what they were trying to teach me without me knowing. So I could say that. Do you th- think that African-American men are more racially profiled than women? Absolutely. I truly believe, I, I definitely definitely thinks so, a 1000% just because they see them coming and they don't even, they can be standing there and I feel as if the wrong, the wrong white person may take that per just may take that African-American as a, just as a threat. He's not doing nothing but standing there. Absolutely nothing. Or even when being pulled over. I, and I honestly, you know what? I honestly almost wanted to say, that now it's kind of it's kind of both ways we're about equal now i can say that when it comes to like police brutality like at first it was more of the the men who were racially profiled more in cars and just being out everywhere you're labeled just by standing there you've labeled a whole group of black young boys you've labeled them as thugs 
and you haven't said a word to them because they're standing there. They're standing right there on their street, nine times out of 10. You've labeled them and you haven't said hi to them. Or if they were in a car, I, I pray that every parent, because it's crazy that now we got to figure out how to teach our babies what to do when they're pulled over. You got to teach your babies just to put two hands on the steering wheel, son. Keep both hands in plain sight. Don't reach. And if you are reaching, you need to tell the police officer, I'm reaching for my ID. I'm not reaching for anything else. Just my ID. I'm reaching for my registration. That's what I'm, re I'm reaching for. Or if you're walking, I'm reaching, coming around to my backpack to pull out my identification card. I'm, I'm, it's just my ID. I'm getting it. No, you can't check it, but I'm getting my ID. And it's so crazy that now we got to be able to teach our young black girls that too because of a Sandra Bland or because of you don't know if you're going to make it out of that that traffic stop. We got to tell our babies to push record on your phone. Matter of fact, if you got video, I, I need to see a video. Keep your video rolling no matter what. Keep it rolling. Like, or like I said, push your voice notes, push record. If you need to go live. And sometimes I hate that stupid Facebook live button, but go live. It don't matter. Let somebody know where you are in the video. Let somebody know where you are in the recording so we can keep everything rolling because we don't know what could be happening on the other side. Like these are the things that we're going to have to teach our babies on what to do when it comes to either being a black girl or a black boy in America. That's what it's come to. Like we can't even teach them that you can go jogging because of everything that has already transpired with Ahmad. So he was just jogging and this is what happens to him. My baby loves to run outside and, and play basketball. But because they feel as he's a threat, because he is a black boy in America that will grow up to be a black man in America, you're telling me that my baby can't be outside because somebody, a white man might come through and start shooting him just because he's outside playing basketball or he's outside jogging. Like, how do you how do you fathom and start telling people? How do you start telling your kids this, that this is what it is? Baby, you can't even sleep in your own house because somebody might come into your house and take you out that way. But the difference is, is that those people, baby, they'll be found as not guilty. And I hate to keep saying like, and it's so crazy that I'm saying those people. I hate I hate seeing those people just call it what it's called, like. The, that white person, baby, that white person is going to get off from your murder. And the picture that I seen this, um, the picture that I seen this weekend, it was of uh, the police officer sitting, the police officer sitting at the diner and the little black boy sitting at the diner too. The police officer asked the little boy, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the little black boy said, alive. That is the reality of what we live in right now. And I'm just trying to figure out how do I, how do I keep raising this little black boy 
in America not to see color because I wasn't raised to see color. I didn't have to until maybe high school or even when I got grown and I got to college and out on my own, I had to really see what it was like. My babies are going into the fifth and sixth grade and I'm having to teach them. I got to teach them color now. I have to teach them that baby, this is what if this is if this is how you're feeling, then that's what it is. Like this is what racial profiling is. And he's going into the sixth grade. How do I do that? Like, ugh. and he doesn't know that the reason why I had to switch him schools is because I felt as if a teacher at his previous school just couldn't understand black students. And that's okay. Cause sometimes there are teachers that are out there that they, they can't understand it. It's not in them to know what it's like from where these kids come from. And I, and just even with JCPS, I just, I, I need them to have more minorities in the schools. And that's what they're going for, which is something I am all game for, but just having more minorities there because they know what it's like to be right. a black man in the world. They know what it's like to be a black girl in the world. They know some, they know what the, what they're going through. They can they can come they can understand it more than 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 your white teachers than what your white counterparts can. So, girl, is where this is it sounds like such a fundamental question. Mm-hmm. Why is there so much fear? Um, I like I what is it? I don't understand why someone could ever look at your son and be threatened for no reason without speaking to him. Why do you think there's a fear there? I believe that some of these things that goes back, that goes back to like just your slavery days. Like that's when everything started. Honestly, like you got to think like now before them, they've had the, that same question to why did they kill Martin Luther King? just because he was a leader in everything that he did. Why, why even kill Malcolm X? Why? Because they were, they were feared. And I I can't pinpoint when and why it changed over, but I can just take it back to just slavery days when every, when we were always feared, like we were always supposed to be the bigger the bigger, the stronger race. And that that's just, just how we were built. Just genetically. We're gonna be built bigger and stronger than your average your average white person. So that and maybe that's just where it came from, but I can't I can't pinpoint it. I wish I could pinpoint it because I would be able to give an answer. I I I don't I don't know. But when does it change? Where does where does it? When do we decide that you know what this is the change that needs to happen? Like what? What do you think the change is? I know it could be a lot of things with everything going on right now, especially in our own city right now. Mm-hmm. Where do you think the change is? What would you tell people to do? The change, ooh, with this, just with everything going on in our city, like it starts 
with oh god this gets started in so many places i know (laughs) it's a very hard question (laughs) that is because it's such a broad question but i can i can start with maybe it starts with the police because like i said like no i don't even think it starts there it starts with it starts with white people's mindsets it starts with how they were raised that's the thing. Like you probably weren't raised to no color. Your mom probably did never taught you to. She never raised you by color. But there are other people. There are other lots of other people that that's how they were raised. They were raised to not give the little black boy a chance. Ugh. They were always known. They've always known. No, we go. We ride with who we know. You don't you don't go outside of this. So that's that's what they know. That's what they grew up with. How do we change it? I don't know when we change it, but I think that starts with their parents. That that starts with their parents, their parents, parents. And then those parents. This is something that's just been generational. Yep. From slavery. That's what I honestly think. You bring up the police officers, and this is something that you and I talked about too, because you said that you always you felt really torn mm-hmm. um, because you have friends that were police mm-hmm. officers. Mm-hmm. I have friends that are police officers. I have family that are police officers, and I know that all cops are not bad. I do, but there are other people that definitely think that all cops are bad, but they probably just don't know, or they don't have, like I said, they don't have an, a family member that's a police officer. So I I, I know that there are good ones out there. Every summer I do the Peace League and we have officers out there and they are some of the best officers. Like they're fun. They're they hang out. They come down there. They play basketball or just when we're out. But we have to understand that there are African-American police officers that wanted to grow up and try to make a change. They wanted to make that change. Now, those back, they hate bad cops just as much as we hate bad cops. And I believe that within this city and everything that's going on right now with the whole case, the whole Brown Taylor case that Brown Taylor case that we have going on right now, I believe that that's about to that's gonna that's gonna unify the blacks and the whites. I think it really will. It'll help us weed out who's really not. For black people, for sure, it's going to help us weed out who really that bad cop is. Because those bad cops are the ones where it's, I, I had a good cop tell me and text me and say, you just go home because you don't know what else is going to happen out here tonight. We are suiting up right now. And I also seen the video where from a cop right here in our city. He had to lift up his mask and tell them, I'm from here. I became a cop because I wanted the change to happen. I wanted the change to happen. Now, if everybody can get on one accord, we can all make history. We can all we can all make the change that we need right now. Because like I said, all cops are not bad. And I, I wish see all the graffiti. Story. I <laughs> wish there were more stories like that. I wish there were, I mean, and, and by more stories like that, I mean more stories 
that were circulating on the internet like that. So but those are the can, stories that people are, they're, they're not going to want to tell because they don't get the clickbait. That's the crazy part about it. Like there are police officers where they get out of their cars and they walk around the neighborhoods of where they're, where they're patrolling, go learn those kids and those police officers learn those kids. So those, those kids, they know that officer. They'll know that white officer because he's taking the time to just go, go meet the kids in his community. That Well, I could say his community because that's what he's patrolling. That's what he knows. And so there are good cops. We just got to figure out to keep our phones out when we see them. Because right there now was, we're only seeing our phones when all the bad stuff happens. Have you seen, there's one picture from Louisville that I've seen go viral across the country. Mm-hmm. And it was actually, it was a positive one. Um, there was a police officer that got separated from the group in mm-hmm. Louisville on main street down by beer nose mm-hmm. and a group of African-American men formed in front of him to protect him mm-hmm. from everything. Well, from the fact that he was separated and mm-hmm. that was one of those pictures that I'm glad that of, of, there was a positive picture um, that went viral from Louisville amidst everything. Um, I do, I do think watching this, that there is a part of this that like our generation, me and you, Mm -hmm. um, will be the change that helps unite people and hopefully changing the ways of other generations. And I, when everything started happening last week, I literally just wanted to call you and say, I was sorry. And I wasn't sure why I was even saying sorry, other than I didn't know what else to say. Um, and I wanted to make sure that people understood your story because in my mind, it blows my mind that this has been happening to you in your entire life. Mm -hmm. And as a fellow mom, I cannot handle the idea of your beautiful sons being afraid to go play in the front yard being afraid to walk into the store, being afraid to drive. We have to do better. I don't think we haven't. We don't, we don't have an option but to do better. But to go back to that picture, um, I was actually watching a live when that picture, when that whole thing was going down. And just to watch, those are the stories that won't get told. The, the story that will always be told is that people were riding in downtown Louisville when when those type of stories, they deserve to be told and watching it, people were like, leave them alone, like leave them alone. This is not why we're here. And they're right that we weren't, people weren't there to, to mess stuff up. They were there for a peaceful protest and to see them lock arms and just keep hearing them say, y'all need to back up, need to back up. This is not what we're here for that right there. And let me know, like, Thank you. So we got some, we got, we do have people that have, that make sense. Yes. We yes. do have people here that, that don't mind like protecting. Cause we still gotta, we gotta protect because what the one thing that would have happened, cause we all know what have happened. If one officer was touched, there'd have been more oh, yeah. lives lost than, than just Breonna Taylor and more than just George Floyd. There would have been way more than, than those. So I applaud those black men, those black kings, whoever did that. I don't know who they are, where they from, but I applaud them. 
more. I hope they're from more people know. I, I really do. I hope that they are, and I hope they see that picture circulating, just so they 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 are at peace with everything. We'll never be at peace until we get justice. Let me get that. Let me take that back with everything that's going on right here in our city, and the reason why we're protesting peacefully. So I I really do hope that they are from here. I hope they get the recognition that they deserve for that too. I do too. I mean, it is, I know it's been a hard time regardless with the coronavirus. And Mm -hmm. I mean, heck, I've seen you once briefly in the office in three months and you and I both just stood there staring at each other. Because we couldn't (laughs) hug each other. (laughs) (laughs) We couldn't hug each other. And because it's just a crazy corona and and just as crazy as it is sounds, like even with everything going on with the COVID-19, coronavirus, whatever you're calling it nowadays, everybody, um, people were still able to come together and protest. Yes. And that to me is, that is amazing. And like, now I'm like, okay, so did the numbers go up? It's like coronavirus over, you know, cause now I got real questions, but just I would been giving, everything. Give it, give it two weeks. <laughs> right. Give it two weeks. Let's see what happens. Hopefully everybody goes home and they quarantine after yeah. all the protests and all that good stuff. Hopefully everybody wore their mask while they were out there. They were, they were protesting peacefully. Like, thank you to those. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bella, is there anything else um, with your story, with your sons? Is there anything else that you wish people would know? Or is there something that you think would be an amazing way for them to educate themselves? The best way, I will tell you this, um, as being a parent we don't know. We There's no manual book to this. Okay. There's no manual book. And only thing I can say is just keep educating your babies. Keep educating them. You don't, they don't have to see color. They don't. And it's so crazy that we might have to start teaching our kids color. But if you, even if you do decide to teach your kid color, teach them that all black men are not bad. All black all black women are not bad. We're not. We actually come in peace. <laughs> if they ever have to come in hand with us, if they ever have to come in contact with us, make sure you tell, like, just make sure you tell your baby that. Make sure you tell your baby that it's okay to have black friends. It's okay to ask them questions because they might not understand either. It's okay to ask your black friends questions. Because if you don't understand and if you don't get it, how, how are you going to get it? Who's going to teach you? YouTube? No. So reach out. Ask questions. Ask. Teach your babies. As much as you educate yourself, educate them. Just. <sighs> you know, one of the I saw one of my friends who uh, she posted like a poll on Instagram and it was like, is what's holding you back from saying something right now, something as silly as you want to be like the perfect ally and you're afraid of saying something simply wrong. And like 85% of her poll was people just going, I just don't know what to say, how to say it. And like, be supportive, not be offensive. And you're right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I literally started this phone conversation with you asking like a fundamental question because I was like, I just want to know. Like, (laughs) I don't know. And and it's okay. Ask the just I I just continue to ask all my white friends ask questions, and as a as a black person we can always 
we can always tell who's who the genuine, who the non-genuine white person is. We see it, we can feel it. And but for for the white people that we know that are genuine, ask the question. We want you to we we want we want to make sure that we can live in this place together in this world together because that's that, that it was intended that way. Apparently. You know, and just ask questions. Just ask. Just ask. Well, Bella, you are so strong. You okay. radiate um, an energy that is the most infectious energy I think I've ever been around, which is why I think you've become so successful in under four years. You have always been destined for success. And I'm so glad that you are the person that when someone says, no, you can't, you are the person that turns around and says, watch me and you do it better. And you show them you're better when (laughs) you're winning. Um, Mm -hmm. I support you and your babies. They're adorable. Um, they're (laughs) office mates of ours sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I miss them. Um, but Please know that I love you dearly and I hope our world changes as soon as possible so that you can stop feeling this way. Your sons, your family, your friends, the entire community. And I hope you and I get to be a part of the generation that makes the change. So our kids grow up and better. Very true. I love you more. I do. I love you more. And I believe that our generation will be that generation. I believe that even our younger generation in beyond because this is what we're going to teach our babies it, it literally it starts with us it does it starts with us and us teaching our babies and then other people teaching their babies and this it's definitely where we start so since you and i text this to each other all the time i think i'll end on we got this oh baby girl we absolutely got this okay 